Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Come me again and again if you like it. Come me again and again. Hello, Gemma. Hi, Holly. How are you? Great, thanks. Yeah, how are you? I'm all right. You all right? The end of the night. It is. And we've done a lot tonight. We, we should be proud. Yes. We are witch murderer, FYI. Oh, yes, we are. All the people. And tonight we are talking about murderers who kept trophies. Yes, we are. And I'm going first. Yep. And I'm doing a pretty famous one, even though it's not very long. Okay. Why do you look confused? No, no. I think it's the the height of my microphone. It's oh, okay. It's, <laughs> thought, it's like, affecting my view. So <laughs> I thought you were like telling me that my serial killer was not famous, and I was like, oh, but I don't know. I don't know who he is. <laughs> well, I do. You've told me, but I can't remember. Oh, okay, good. Yay for no memory loss. Um, <laughs> so I think my guy. I think I could be lying because I do, but it could be one of the guys that was in Mindhunter. As oh, a character. Yes, that's right. You said that. Uh huh. Yes. When I asked you what the show was called. Yes. <laughs> I Literally remember. five minutes ago. Five minutes ago. Because <laughs> I don't have a memory either. <laughs> so I am talking about Jerome Henry Brudos. Ooh. Ooh. Okay. Jerome was born in Webster, South Dakota on the 31st of January in 1939. His mother had wanted a little girl. Oh, no. And she would often ignore or belittle him. Mm-hmm. She was not happy he had a penis. <laughs> no, she was not. No, she was not. By five, he had developed a fetish for women's shoes, particularly high heels. As he grew older, he would break into homes to steal them. That's uh, really young to develop that fetish. Well, it probably came from the fact that his mother would dress him in girls' clothes. Oh, man. Okay. Because she really wanted a girl. Yeah. And she was like, nope. Nope. Denial, denial, denial. You're a girl. Yep. Um, so that would have been really confusing, obviously, for a child when he wasn't into girls' clothes. Yeah. And also, you know, like, you would probably have associated his mother with, you know, all that kind of stuff. Um, and high heels. I'm sure there were his mother's high heels in the beginning that he was obsessed with. Yeah. The family moved to Oregon when Jerome was a teenager, and when he was 23, he was sent to Oregon State Hospital after he beat up a girl who rejected his advances. Mm. So, again, early on, I mean, he was just he just wasn't right. No. Thanks, Mom. Yeah, exactly. That's the mom's fault. A hundred percent, yeah. Like, I mean, 
there was probably some predisposition, but if he'd had a normal childhood with a loving, caring home, again, nature, nurture, you don't really know. But I think if the nurture is off, if there's something in the nature, it will come out. Oh, definitely. Yeah. Um, so once he left the hospital, Jerome joined the army for a little while. So a great screening process there. Good, good. Uh, yeah. yeah. Give him a weapon. Anyone that beats up women yeah, except exactly. to treat the army. Um but um eventually he ended up like leaving the army, becoming becoming an electrician. Okay. As an adult he continued breaking into homes and stalking women. Um he would kind of watch them until he could knock them down and then he would steal their shoes while choking them. Oh, okay. So that at that point he wasn't killing them, but he was like assaulting them and then you know, making off with their shoes. Right. He eventually did marry somebody and settled into Salem, Oregon, and had two children with her. Mm. So between 1968 and 1969, Jerome bludgeoned and strangled four young women. He, um, he kind of, he was, he was pretty clever. I mean, he was, he wasn't a genius by any means, but he was clever about how he did it. Um, the only evidence at the first, um, at first, like when he was started committing these crimes, was sightings. Um, okay, but they were sightings of a large man in women's clothing, because he was a big guy. Oh right, okay, and he was wearing one women's, women's clothing, clothing when he did it. Oh yeah. right, that's interesting. He would keep trophies from his victims, such as amputated breasts and a foot. Whoa. Yeah. After- I thought he was just going to take the shoes. No, I was just like ready. Well, he was taking the shoes, but no, he would like start keeping trophies of the bodies. Oh man! Um, after committing a murder, he would dress up in high heels and masturbate. Right. Yeah. Um, he would either lure or kidnap his victims, sometimes with a uniform or a badge, and take them to his garage, where he would kill them like within an hour. They were dead like almost immediately. Yeah. There wasn't a huge amount of torture time. He photographed the women as they died and after their deaths. Okay. So it was like, I don't know if you've seen them, but there are photographs out there of women just before their death by a murderer. Um, it's it's really haunting, actually, because you can see in their eyes that they know they're going to, something bad's going to happen. Well, he's collecting all the trophies. So not just one. He's got body parts. He's got their clothes. He's got photographs. Oh, he liked a trophy. Yeah. Yeah, no, he was 100% into trophies. Wow. Um, he would dress the bodies in lingerie and then have sex with them. Right. After death, obviously. Um, he would then cut off the body parts. Um, and the foot that he cut off, he used to model the shoes. Ooh. And the breast that he cut off, he cast into resin and used it as a paperweight. Jeez, oh. Yeah, there's so much... There's so much broken in this guy and there's like, there's a little bit of other serial killers in him too, like Ed Gein, you know, like making stuff out of the body Uh parts. Absolutely. Um, Jerome tried to kidnap a 12 year old girl who escaped. She was a total badass and was able to identify him in 1969. Yes. A university student also sent in a tip regarding missing women saying it may be him. So like he, he wasn't... He wasn't stupid about it. He was pretty good at covering it up for a while, but he was seen. Yeah. I mean, he was a big guy dressing as women. Yeah. yeah, People are going to notice that. Um, The police searched his home and found copper wire, rope, and photos of the victims. He was arrested and charged with three murders 
he pled guilty because obviously yeah there's no fucking way out of that he kept all the evidence yep and he received three life sentences the parole board informed him in 1995 he would get no more hearings like okay. they were like don't even try for this again there's no point in you coming into these meetings you're never going to get parole wow never so don't come back to us we don't want to see you again yeah so that was in 1995, and in 2006, he died in prison. Okay. The victims were Jan Susan Whitney, who was 23, Karen Elena Spinkler, Spinker, who was 19, Linda Dawn Saley, who was 19, and Linda K. Slauson, who was 19. They're all so young. Oh, no, no. Yeah. So he, I mean, obviously... His mother really didn't help the situation. No. Um, but yeah, he was really, really messed up. Like, so messed up. Like, far more messed up than I would have ever thought. Yeah. I mean, it's a lot like your... Who was your mother killer? Ed Gein? No, Ed no. Kemper. Ed Kemper. Yeah. So Ed Kemper, I mean, it was, it's similar vibes, whereas Ed Kemper was this huge guy and it did a lot of messed up stuff with bodies. Yeah. And, you know, he was pretty weird, but it's also Ed Gein a little bit. Yeah. He's just, these guys, it's not, it's it's not, uh, it's not like a Ted Bundy. No. Where he's like doing this for, you know, sexual sadism and, and all of this. They have something so broken in them that they can only get off with such a demented kind of setting. Yeah. Ed Kemper was also really into shoes, I think. Yeah, yeah. I think that's why it wasn't. It it was Ed Kemper and Mindhunter too. Yeah, uh huh. And that's where I think I might be getting confused. Right. But then did they did they combine the two of them? Maybe, maybe I I'll look up on the break. But yeah, I definitely remember there being a scene with Ed Kemper and shoes and Mindhunter. Yeah, because they were trying to bribe him with shoes, weren't yeah, they? Yeah, uh huh. That was a good one. It was. And yours was a good one. Thank you. Thanks for that setup, Holly. <laughs> <laughs> no worries. Hey, lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. tipsters this is melissa morgan i'm the host of just the tipsters true crime podcast because people are awful and they kill each other tipsters this is melissa morgan the host of just the tipsters true crime podcast have you ever wanted to kill anyone hey tipsters my name is melissa morgan and i'm the host of just the tipsters true crime podcast america's favorite true crime podcast you can find us on apple Podcast. i don't know where that you can find us how about that just can find us and listen and we're and you'll really like it is that okay just the tipsters with melissa morgan is actually available on itunes spotify iHeartRadio, and wherever you get your podcast subscribe rate review you'll be glad you did so we just uh looked online for your man's 
possible appearance on Mind Hunter. Yes. And turns out you were totally right and I was actually wrong. And there was a scene in Mind Hunter with Jerry Brudos or Jerome Brudos. Yeah. With the shoes. Mm-hmm. So well remembered Holly. Why thank you. I appreciate it. So kudos to you. A kudos to me indeed. So I'm gonna go now with um my trophy killer, which is Harvey Murray Glattman. There's a lot of information in here, so I'm going to try and move fast. Okay. Harvey was born December 10th, 1927 in the Bronx, New York. His parents were Albert and Ophelia. When Harvey was 10, the family moved to Denver to live with his mother's sister. He was a model student, good grades, and was in school band. However, he had a fondness of tying himself up in the attic and choking himself until he passed out. His parents were concerned. <laughs> no, no, no. Can we pause at that no. moment? <laughs> no time. <laughs> no time. No, but, but really, yeah. No, that's... but really, choking yourself in the attic is frenzies. Yeah. Uh, and that was at a really young age. Really young. Jeez. He would tie himself up, choke himself, masturbate until he passed out. Oh. And his parents were concerned, rightly so. <laughs> yeah. But the doctor said it was just a phase he would grow out of. No. Yeah, normal. <laughs> no. Uh, During his senior year at high school, he began attacking women, tying them up, sexually assaulting them and robbing them. And he did this for several years, occasionally being arrested and sent to prison. But then he was released. There was one time after he was released, he went to New York with his mother just for a little visit. But he couldn't contain himself there and assaulted women, eventually spending four years in Sing Sing prison. And this is in high school. This was after high school. Oh, okay. Um, he was probably in his 20s at this point, All and right. he was diagnosed as a psychopath whilst in prison there. Can't you think? <laughs> yeah, no, I was like, really? <laughs> I mean, is he really? <laughs> I think any of us could pretty much have diagnosed him. <laughs> <laughs> so he returned to Denver and he was ordered to see a psychiatrist. Whilst he was in Denver from 1951 till 1957, it's thought he may have murdered some women, including quite a famous Jane Doe known as the Boulder Jane Doe, who was eventually identified in 2009 as Dorothy Howard. But there's never been um, any charges brought against him with that and there wasn't really any concrete evidence, just that he was in the same area around that time. Okay. In 1957, he moved to LA and started hunting for women through modelling agencies. He used a fake name and he would contact them posing as a photographer and offering them work. He would say their pictures would be, pla- would be placed in Pulp Fiction magazines. Oh. So his first victim, Judy Doll. Judy Dull. Judy Dull. He called... <laughs> you just sounded like you had to rest. Like you had to say it three times. <laughs> I have a compulsion when I have to speak fast. <laughs> so he called Judy Dull at our house and persuaded her to accept a job for $50 and he arranged to come to her home on the 1st of August 1957. Judy was only 19 years old and she was desperate for money. She was in a custody battle with her ex-husband. Mm. So only 19, already divorced. That's a shame. Struggling, not had a really the best life. Yeah. Harvey told her he was shooting for a true crime magazine and requested that she wear a tight skirt and a jumper. When he arrived, he thought that the lighting wasn't so good in her apartment, so he asked her to come to his apartment. And when they got there, Harvey said that the True Crime magazine 
asked them to involve bondage. Oh, no. So he would have to tie her up. She consented, but once she was tied up, Harvey held a gun to her head and stripped her. I don't know why he held a gun to her head, because she was already tied up. Yeah. But he took photographs as he went along. He then raped her several times, made her cuddle with him on the couch and watch TV. He then drove her out to the desert in Indio, took photographs of her there, and he strangled her with a rope. Did she have a short bob haircut? Yes. (gasps) I've seen those photos. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I was telling you about uh-huh. with the photos. I know I didn't want to say anything, but yeah, that's the yeah, photos. Yeah, that's horrible. She looks so haunted. Yeah. Oh. The way he strangled his victims were was awful. Like, it seems worse than normal strangling. So he would tie the rope around their neck and then he'd loop it around their torso and he'd put them on the ground face down. Right. And pull the rope up in the middle between uh, the neck and the torso. Okay. Basically, it just seems a lot more horrific than manual strangulation. I don't know why, but it just it seems more complicated and therefore Yeah. I don't know. More dramatic cool. to me. Uh he took more photographs of her posing her in different positions, um, and then buried her in a shallow grave. His second victim, Shirley Bridgeford, he found in a different way through a Lonely Hearts ad. The two went out on a date. Harvey used a fake name and he was surprised when he went to pick her up that her whole family was waiting to meet him. They had planned to go dancing. However, once Shirley got into the car, he asked if she wouldn't mind just going for a drive instead as he had a headache, which she agreed to. And they stopped for dinner before going for the drive. Harvey reportedly thought of Shirley as a nice girl, not like his other victim, who he said only wanted to strip her clothes off for money. But he still drove her to Anza State Park and pointed a gun at her before telling her to strip. Um, And he raped her. He photographed her in different positions and then made her wait until the sun was rising so he could get better photos of her in the sunlight. And he strangled Charlie using a garrote and took more photos once she was dead. So he thought she was nice. Yeah. But he still did it. Yeah. Oh, he's horrible. I know. Several months later, he was itching to kill again and contacted the modelling agency looking for a victim. And they directed him to Ruth Mercado, 24 years old. And he arranged to go to her house for the shoot. Once he arrived, he immediately brought out his gun ordered Ruth into her bedroom and made her strip. Ruth tried to gain her attacker's trust by pretending to smile and enjoy his company. Mm -hmm. She thought that maybe he wouldn't hurt her if she did that. He tied her up, raped her, and then proposed the idea of going for a picnic, Which, but it was the middle of the night by this point, and apparently he was acting like really cutesy. Oh. Um, I don't know, as if they were boyfriend-girlfriend. That's weird. She was untied and forced into the car at gunpoint. Once they arrived at the same place that he had killed Shirley Bridgeford, Mm -hmm. he took photos of her with the sun rising. He told her to pose like a dead body. Oh, God. And when she was on the ground, he strangled her in a similar similar way to the first victim. And he took more photos of her and went back to the apartment to develop him. Yes. 
Harvey again approached a modelling agency for his next victim. This time he approached the owner of the agency and she got a funny feeling about him, but still set him up with one of her models, one of her newer models as well. She warned the girl beforehand of her worries. So Harvey picked Lorraine up, Lorraine Viggle, up at her house and she was, and he said he was going to drive her to the studio owned by the agency. Yeah. However, then started driving the wrong way. Ugh. And Lorraine immediately noticed this. Harvey then tried to explain this away by saying, oh, we just got another job and they were heading to his personal studio. But as they were driving, Lorraine questioned where his studio was and he became rude and angry and made a dangerous manoeuvre in the road before parking. Uh He then ordered her to hold out her arm so he could tie her up. Oh. Said that she was getting on his nerves and he was going to tie her up to shut her up. Uh, Lorraine tried no. to escape out the door, but he held the gun to her. He tried to tie her up, but she was still fighting. And he was shocked because he didn't know what to do. He didn't expect her to fight. Right. And the gun went off in the struggle, nearly hitting Lorraine's leg. Right. Harvey let go over in shock and Lorraine was able to get out of the car. Harvey was desperately trying to pull her back in the car. But thankfully, during the struggle, a police car pulled up. <gasps> Shut up. Yeah. Oh, that's amazing. So Harvey was obviously arrested. Uh-huh. Um, the police had been working the cases of the other missing girls for months. Okay. And Harvey vetted the description of the last person that had been <sighs> seen with them. The police found rope and a knife in Harvey's car. They traced his police record from Denver, New York. And during his interrogation, Harvey cracked and admitted to killing all three girls. Harvey had thought that the police had found the toolbox where he was keeping all his photos. Uh And he felt that since they had found that, there was no getting out of it and he might as well confess. But the police hadn't found the toolbox yet. Oh my God. But they pretended that they had done when Harvey mentioned it. Um, Okay. So they eventually did find the toolbox, found all the pictures. And then they encouraged Harvey to show them to the bodies. So... He brought them to all the sites that he went to. Okay. But sadly, most of the remains had been ravaged by animals yeah. and exposed to the elements, so there wasn't really anything left. Okay. Harvey gave a full confession as to what he did with each girl, which is why there's so much information. Mm-hmm. Um, and Harvey wanted to plead guilty and requested to be sentenced to death. Did he? Okay. But his defence attorney made him get assessed by a psychiatrist, which was a mistake because the psychiatrist found no evidence of psychosis and was sure he knew right from wrong. So he basically signed his client's death wish, essentially. But, I mean, I get what what he was doing because, you know, if you don't have the backing of a psychiatrist, you can't have that plea. No. But he wanted to die. Yeah. Should have just let him. I know. But the judge, after hearing the confession and seeing the pictures, he did sentence Harvey to death. Good. And Harvey didn't appeal it. And because he didn't appeal it, he was put to death less than a year after he was arrested. What year was this? Uh, 1957. Oh, okay. Because okay. now it's automatic appeal. Like, you don't even get a choice. It just goes to automatic appeal yeah. when you get the death penalty. Maybe it was 1958 by the time. Wow. Um, And he was executed by Gath Chamber. Was he? Mm-hmm. That's unusual. Yeah. Back okay. in a... California, so okay. So I wonder if he wanted to die because he didn't think he, or he didn't want to be in prison, or if it was because he was haunted by this compulsion. I think he knew 
that he was always going to want to do that and he was always going to be plagued by thoughts of it uh-huh. and memories and he just didn't want to exist anymore. Right. I think he was plagued by this his whole life and he couldn't control it. It must be, I mean, not, I'm 100% not siding with the serial killer on this and I'm not like feeling bad for him, but people who have these compulsions that they cannot get rid of, that must be a horrible way to live because you know it's wrong. Yeah. It, it's really, it, it must be horrible. Yeah, it has to be. Yeah. It really has to be. Yeah. That was a good story. Thank you. Woody Overton, host of Real Life, Real Crime, the podcast. Join me each week to hear true and unscripted stories of the cases I actually worked during my career as a major crime investigator in South Louisiana. Go to realliferealcrime.com where you can listen to each week's episodes and find links to our social media. I appreciate y'all. Don't let me catch you down on Murder by You. So, who are you picking, Gemma? Well, I think I'm just going to continue with my run and pick yours again. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, mine was horrible. Yours was still horrible, but there's no way I'm picking mine. No, you can't. I just can't. This You picked they, a really bad one this week. I did. Really bad. And what they went through for a prolonged period yeah. of time That's the is thing. Yeah. just horrible. The time before the death, yeah. I think. Because both of ours were, I mean, they were shitty. They were stranglings. And yeah, yours strangled in a slightly different way. Mine knocked them down and then strangled them. Yeah. But it's it's what happens before that. Mm-hmm. I think the victims, what they went through. God. Yeah. That's horrible. And imagine having to pose for somebody that you're pretty sure is going to kill you. I know. Yeah, exactly. And wait for so many hours. Like he ma- waited for... He made them wait until the sun rose. I know. So they could, he could get good pictures. And it's that thing I would imagine where you just, you have that hope that maybe you'll get out of it. Maybe you'll get out of it. And that's why you don't fight back. Yeah. But once you're in the desert, oh, yeah. you have to know that you're not going home. Yeah. I mean, they always say you should never get into, go to a secondary location. Yeah. So just fight with everything you have. If you get shot, you get shot. There might be somebody nearby who can help you. Yeah. But... Yeah, don't go to the secondary location because uh-huh. that's where they tend to kill you, isn't yeah. it? So yeah, even though yours was also horrendous, at least they were knocked out before they were strangled. They weren't always necessarily knocked out, but they were bludgeoned, so they were like knocked to the ground. Yeah. Um, you are going to have your boob encased in resin for the rest of its existence. <laughs> well, it's a good boob. Or your foot. <laughs> Modeling shoes until it rots to nothingness. So that's not ideal. Um, but I suppose if you're gone, you don't really care about that. It's just, yeah. Both of them are just monsters. Yeah. Absolute monsters. Definitions of monsters. Yeah. Definitions of something is different about your brain compared to everybody else. Yes. Yeah, definitely. And I think there's just no going back for any of these guys. You know, even if you had caught them in the early stages, mm-hmm. 
I don't think that there's any any no. rehabil- rehabilitation in the world that could fix that. Both of them were so similar in that they showed really early warning signs at such a young age. My guy... Was your he, guy not like five before he was like, he was stealing women's shoes? Yeah, it was and five, six o'clock. Five, six o'clock. I'm so tired. <laughs> <laughs> he was five, six o'clock years old. <laughs> Listen, I'm tired. Um, but no, like... But again, he was being completely fucked over by his mother. By his mother, yeah. I mean, she was like, you know, you're a little girl. He's like, no, I definitely have a penis. She's like, no, you're a little girl. I'm putting Uh you in a dress. And he's like, okay, why do I find high heels so sexually attractive now? Yeah. So he was messed up from the beginning. Absolutely. But yeah. Oh, we had horrible ones this week. Really bad. Yeah. But we agree again. We did agree again. Yeah. Yeah. It was. So thanks for listening. Yes, thank you. Please give us a little rate and review on iTunes. That would be great. Yes. And um, tell everybody about us. Give us some suggestions. We like to give shout outs. So, you know. Yes, please. We've also started going live on Instagram now and then when we're recording. So watch out for that. Yeah, we just tried that. My friend Emma's like, loving it. (laughs) Great. Yeah. So, um, yeah. You can tune in once in a while when we remember to do that. We might do it. We might not. You know. You'll get a wee sneak peek if we are doing it. Yes, you will. But we'll see you next week. Yes, we will. Bye. Bye. We're Witch Murderer. You can find us on Twitter and Instagram at Witch Murderer. You can find us on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash witchmrdr. And you can email us witchmurderer at gmail.com. Our theme music is Kill Me Again by Blue Bend. Artwork was done by Wild Creations at Fiverr.com. Again.